I'm Ebony K. Williams, attorney and host. Welcome to Hold in Court, where we analyze the latest legal headlines that everybody's already talking about. But we dig deep into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down, going straight from gavel to your newsfeed. And every week, we keep it 100. Right, Dustin? That's right, E. Let's hold court. Dustin, baby, episode two. Episode two. How does it feel to be back in the saddle? Because I'm just still like smiling from ear to ear. Like my face hurts. I'm still excited. (laughs) You know, we we, we love mine too. Jaw, just ear, teeth all out. I'm so excited though. Like we love to work and what better work to do than work that you love, right? Yes. With people that we love. people that we love. Okay. I love it. I love it. So yes, I'm very happy that we're back and kicking the, you remember what they used to say on Teen Summit on BET, kick the truth to the young black youth. We talking hard. to some old motherfuckers too, That's but you funny know too because I used that used to be a dream job mm-hmm. hosting team. Team, Oh my, I wanted oh to be God. on there, period. Yeah, but to host was that it, Ananda Lewis? Yes, Ananda. Yes, that, and what was the guy's name? Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of his had, name. The male host with the long. Anyway, yeah, yeah they well, all did great work. Yeah, that was, great I, that was work. a dream job. Mm-hmm. So this is our little nod to Teen Summit. <laughs> Shout out to Teen. Shout Summit. out to Teen Summit. Uh, listen, so we had a full docket today, Dustin, and I'm really excited because this will be a full circle moment for us because our, our main uh, nitty gritty today is about the Breonna Taylor of it all. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm so happy that we are now getting some step towards justice for Breonna Taylor. Absolutely. Um, but we talked about this in the first episode of Holding Court. Can you believe it? Literally. Yep. Um, and, and that's why I'm so happy that we get to do this show, D, and bring the truth to power to our people um and and what is now happening in the Breonna Taylor case y'all will will exemplify exactly uh why understanding the systems and the law are so important in our uh efforts to fully liberate black people yes. in this nation so it's it's, it's going to be dope um so we have the updates on the Breonna Taylor case for you and, and again God is amazing Dustin we literally predicted it we called it almost exactly it is insane um, we're also going to talk about the Dwayne Wade of it all okay. um, and the fact that he he mm-hmm. has the legal standing and he has filed a claim uh, to legally change his daughter's mm-hmm. name. And folks are in their feelings about it. Can you believe it? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> Done, I can't. period. Um, also, I love this. Uh, California, uh, a step ahead of the times. Mm-hmm. Brand new category of blackness. Mm-hmm. How about that? It. Okay. Can't wait to talk about it. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to close out with some real fuck shit. Um the notorious B.I.G.'s daughter, my goodness. Um, She's about to make me walk out the studio. Really, y'all, when I tell you what this young lady is doing uh, with a property asset, uh, it will blow your mind. But we want to talk to you about what she's deciding to do and why it is um, really just the height of fuckery mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to what we should be doing as a culture, which is wealth building. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's in seeking our full economic liberation. Literally foolish. Foolish. Literally. Foolish. What didn't Ashanti have a song called yeah. Foolish? And she needs to play it. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to blast it. Blast it from the rooftop. All right, y'all. Justice is a long game, and we really want to talk about the process here. Uh, going to this first case, uh, which is Breonna Taylor. Yes. Um, and, and I want to talk about exactly what happened uh, to Miss Breonna Taylor, how she um, was taken from us, how she was murdered, actually, uh, by law enforcement, and how seeking justice for Miss Breonna Taylor has been a long road. But we are not giving up. Nope. Now, as a culture, we're going to keep our foot on their neck yep. um, until they uh, really do right by her and her family and the entire black culture. All right. So episode one, day one mm-hmm. of Holding Court, this is where we went, Dustin. We talked about Breonna Taylor and we talked about the Fourth Amendment of the United States Constitution. We talked about that punk ass William Barr, yes, the, the, then mm-hmm. attorney general, which you called uh, absolutely right because we knew we couldn't expect shit from him. Because of what he hadn't done before. Before. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um. So what the Fourth Amendment does, just to refresh y'all's memory, is it protects everybody, all United States citizens, from improper searches and seizures. Yeah. Okay. So that, that that goes to warrants. And if we recall, devastatingly, devastatingly, mm-hmm. uh, Breonna Taylor was only 26 years old, uh, hardworking lady, educated young lady, um, in her own home, which she shared with her boyfriend, uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, sister was asleep. Yeah. And as she slept uh, in her home with her boyfriend, she was gunned down, shot to death uh, on March 13th, 2020 uh, by law enforcement officers who knocked on her door. Uh, They were executing a drug search warrant, which we now know was an erroneous warrant. It was a fucked up warrant on its face. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, 
when they, you know, it's called a no knock warrant mm-hmm. Dustin, when they just come in and, you know, just attack you. In the, and it's always in the middle of the night. This was in the middle of the night, you know, when people are most vulnerable. Her boyfriend, under his legal right, had a firearm to protect his dwelling, which was, again, his legal right. And as he should, because we have what's called the Castle Doctrine that says you have a right to 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 protect your home, your right. domicile. I remember we discussed we that. We discussed mm-hmm. that. Okay. Uh, Kenneth shot at that 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 effort that was coming through his door as well he should yeah when and when he did that he ended up hitting one of the officers in the leg they returned a ton of fire they over responded to what kenneth was putting out and they killed brianna taylor again what we know now dustin and i think we have suspicions of this even back episode one that warrant that no-knock warrant which first of all should only be used in the most extraneous of circumstances this was not it this was just a low-level drug case. The people they were looking for didn't even live in the domicile in which Brianna and Kenneth were. It was a mess. The whole warrant was 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 just shit on its face, and yep. the judge should have never signed it. Okay? Well, let's go to now. And I remember saying then, because what happened was the state, because this was in Kentucky, the state attorney general happens to be a black man mm-hmm. by face, by, by, by complexion, not action decided against pursuing criminal charges against these so-called law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. And that was devastating. You know, he, he he had a press conference. Remember all this? I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm getting mad all over, over again. again. Remember yeah. this black ass mm-hmm. came out there talking about, you know, as awful as it is and Brianna should be here, but she's not. You but know, she's not. Basically, he, you know why he said what he said and why mm-hmm. he did what he did. And now... True to form. I don't want to yeah. jump ahead here, but now Go he's ahead. already talking shit again. Like, well, yeah. don't try to say my office didn't do what it was supposed to do. But it didn't. But it didn't, sir. Your office didn't do shit, and you didn't do shit. Um, but, but, but you know what? And I said it then, and I'm going to say it now. It was okay. Because what one won't do, another one will. Yeah. Okay, that's what, my, that's what my mama Gloria say. Shout out to mama Gloria. <laughs> okay. Because she told the truth. She told the truth, and it's true. And this is what I want y'all to get from this, y'all. When we see the heartbreak that happens, um, and unfortunately, we'll see it again. Where one uh, attorney general's office, where one prosecutor's office declines to prosecute, will not indict, which is what happened with Breonna Taylor with this black ass AG local, yep. Kentucky State AG. Um, know that the law, this is one good thing about our judiciary, it affords other opportunities for others to act. And we said episode one, if y'all go back and listen to it, and you should. I said it then, Dustin. Yep. I said it doesn't mean she'll never get justice. It doesn't mean we'll never get justice for Brianna. But now it's going to have to come from the federal mm-hmm. government. Mm-hmm. And what that was going to require was a change in administration, though. See, mm-hmm. this is, again, this is a legal podcast, y'all, but the politics are inextricably linked to the law. Yes. Okay. Yes. And when anybody tries to tell you they're not, they are lying to you. Okay. Because the the uh, attorney general then was William Barr, which you read for filth mm-hmm. accurately, because, of course, he ain't going to do shit because he's a ain't do shit motherfucker. So we knew that if we were going to get federal action to pursue justice and prosecute these shooting killing ass cops Mm -hmm. it was going to take a federal attorney general who believed in justice for all yeah that was going to take a change in administration so what happened back in november uh of 2020 2020 yeah Mm -hmm. president biden was elected okay good job step one step one this episode y'all is about process Step one, getting a new administration in office. We did that. Yes. Y'all did that. Good yep. job. Now, getting a uh, attorney general, a United States attorney general that will do the hard thing, that will do the right thing. Done. Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember him. If the name sounds familiar, it's because Obama tried to put his ass on the Supreme Court and McConnell and wasn't having it because they don't fuck shit. And he never got his, he never even got a hearing. You know, I've been getting mad too, Dustin, because I, when, I, when you think about mm-hmm. all of the process mm-hmm. in which people have. It's infuriating. Just, it's, yeah. But that's okay. Again, well, one won't do another one will yep. because he didn't get on the Supreme Court. He's now our attorney general. Yeah. And so he has made the decision to indict these officers. He bypassed a grand jury process, which is his legal right to do. And sometimes you got to do that. Because sometimes that's his business. That's his authority, Dustin. That's what he has the legal authority to do as the United States Attorney General. So so here's the the good news by way of uh, finding justice for Breonna Taylor and her family, Mm y'all. 
our attorney general has done the following and he just did this dustin this just happened august 5th um so you know barely uh, a month a little bit over a month ago uh our attorney general mayor garland has announced new federal charges in the brianna taylor case excellent uh, this is what we wanted former officers joshua james and kyle <laughs> meany They've been indicted now on charges related to the use of the warrant uh, to search Breonna Taylor's home. We're going to get to that because that warrant was even more fucked up than we originally thought. Yeah. And someone has been charged in that, too. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, a third officer, a guy by the name of Brett Hankinson, he's been charged with using excessive force. This is all because um, he retreated from Breonna Taylor's door when her boyfriend, Kenneth, you know, as mm-hmm. he should, tried to protect his home and his girlfriend and himself by shooting at these unannounced uh intruders which is all he knew them to be when he did that brett hankinson turned the corner and fired not one not two but 10 shots 10 shots into the two-bedroom apartment of course killing brianna taylor so hankinson was acquitted again by state see see the state federal ping pong yeah a state jury acquitted him earlier this year but that's okay because yep. the federal government got that ass. Got that ass. Mary Garland said, not on my watch. Yep. Jane has now been uh, indicted with the other two, and they've all been fired from their jobs. Thank God. That just happened, by the way. See, process. Mm-hmm. Okay, now all three former officers, y'all, are looking at federal charges. And if they are convicted, they face a maximum of what? Life in prison. Lock them up. A life for life. Lock and them that's, up. That's called justice. I can't even just the thought of, of someone being in their bed sleeping and the police coming and killing them. And that's a very top level conversation regarding this Breonna Taylor case. Right. Sure, But that is what happened. That's it. The idea that she was laying in the bed sleeping, they shot her to death. They literally shot her to death, Dustin. And their their legal reasons, the, the legal justifications that would make that in any world rational don't exist here. Yeah. So let's say this was the cartel. Let's say. And that's what no knock warrants are for. No knock warrants. And thank God. Again, the politics, there has now been legislation in uh, the wake of Sister Taylor's murder mm-hmm. that says these no-knock warrants aren't going down like that in Kentucky anymore. No. Thank God. We need to take that national because no-knock warrants, and I say this as a former criminal defense lawyer, okay? okay? A no-knock warrant is one of the most dangerous legal mechanisms in the game because everything you just said, Dustin Ross, it says that people are going to be probably sleeping. They're going their their sensibilities are going to be um, lacking of consciousness. Yeah. They're going to be ill prepared for what you are telling them as law enforcement. Um, put yourself in the situation. You know, you don't know what's going on. You don't know who this is busting, literally busting up in your house. And if short of and the only reason they exist is because of what we call exigent circumstances. Mm-hmm. So the only reason no knock warrants exist, Dustin, is for a case where I could say it's the cartel or it's some really hot. It's all around drugs. OK. And what they're trying to avoid is people having an opportunity of taking the drugs and flushing them down the toilet. Essentially, that's really if you might want to really know where no knock warrants come from. That's where they come that's from. That's where to eliminate to the eliminate opportunity the opportunity to do that. Yep. To have five minutes. Mm-hmm. To find the powder or whatever, yep. whatever it is, and flush and the get stash. rid of the, the stash. I was yep. like, what's the, yep. what's the, the, what's the, the kids call it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to find the stash and get rid of the evidence. Yeah. But is it worth a life? No. Because that's what happens with these no-knock warrants. And nine out of ten times, because I've seen it, Dustin, whatever evidence is preserved as a process, as a, excuse me, as a result of this no-knock warrant is not worth it. And that's everything in the law. It's got to go back to those scales of justice is is the danger in which we are putting oftentimes law abiding citizens because Kenneth and Brown ain't do shit. They weren't even accused of shit. Y'all were looking for a whole nother individual that didn't even reside in this domicile because y'all so worried about this little powder, this little little hash, this little stash. You execute a no knock warrant under false witness. Cause uh, let's let's go to let's run down these facts. Come on, former officer Kelly Goodlett admitted now that she lied. Yep. She lied on the whole warrant, Dustin. Yep. The whole legal premise for why this no knock warrant was signed by a judge and executed and ultimately led to the death, the murder of Brianna Taylor, was based on a lie. That's the reality. This officer is saying I lied when Brianna Taylor was shot and killed on March thirteenth, twenty twenty. That's crazy. Ain't that crazy? That is crazy. And it's so wild. To when you think peel that, back the layers. My God, like yeah. this, lady, this lady is dead. 
because y'all were, were on some bullshit. Because y'all were so pressed mm-hmm. to execute this no-knock warrant to your... avoid the destruction of drug evidence that you fucking lied. You a sworn officer of the law, bitch, and you've lied under oath and cost this young lady her life. So that's what you did, Kelly. Good lit. Okay. She f- appeared in a federal courtroom in uh, Kentucky, Dustin, uh, admitted to not just her lying, but what? Conspiring with another Louisville officer to falsify the warrant. This false warrant was signed ultimately by a judge, executed, and now Brianna's dead. Kenneth was also um, charged at one point, had to go through a whole legal process himself. While grieving. Have that. While grieving. You know, had to go through this whole process to get his charges dismissed. So a mess. fucking disrespectful. A mess. All because these of, of shoddy, shitty, horrible police work from people that didn't give a fuck enough to do their job. You literally, that's why you're there. You literally lied to do your job and it cost a woman her life and it cost the community its sense of safety. Um, this is what I said on episode one of Holding Court. The laws as currently written. They don't provide a way to hold law enforcement accountable for this sloppy ass police work, for this reckless endangerment, quasi intentional, by the way, negligent killing of folks that look like us in this country. There's the law and then there's justice and those are different. According to the law, this was a legal outcome. Per I said that per the black ADA. So if we don't like it, we have to lobby. We have to vote. We have to change the laws. So that we can have a change in the lawmakers. And congratulations to us, Dustin, as a culture and as a people, because that's what we did. We did exactly as I instructed us to do. We voted. Mm -hmm. We got Biden in. Mm -hmm. We got William Barr and Trump out. Mm -hmm. We got Merrick Garland in. And that is why we are seeing an opportunity. An opportunity for some justice for Brianna and her family. And it's so, it's so, it was just so necessary to see that, to see that. Someone was finally being held accountable for Thank this God. terrible, horrible situation and this loss of life mm-hmm. that was completely unnecessary. But that's what I want people to hold on to, Dustin. Like um, going back, you know, um, I remember um, and this is one of the good things about reality TV. This is one of the good things about, um, you know, a show like Real, uh, Real Housewives of fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to uh, that episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta where Portia um who really, you know, showed up in full commitment to the seeking justice for Brandon Taylor at this yeah, time for in, sure. in real time. Mm-hmm. Right. And remember it was portion. I think some of the other housewives and her family sitting there waiting by the TV, yeah. like, so, like almost every me, you and every yeah. black person I knew in America for that result. Yeah. We wait to see what that black ass, stupid ass, um, Kentucky attorney general was going to decide to do. And when he said, as awful as it is, the law concludes the officers were just and there will be no charges. Do you remember the heartbreak? Yep, they cried. They cried. And poor, we saw. I believe that they were on emotion. vacation too. I think they were. I they, think were they were in South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yep. They had taken that private jet mm-hmm. for, for 40 minutes, mm-hmm. if, if even. All right. Anyway. I said, well, you know, anyway. Right. Anyway. That's a whole nother. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. Because not right now. Not okay. right now. Yeah. We'll say that. But we here. Okay. Yes. What, what's understood needs not be said at all. Moving so, on. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to that moment to see Portia and to see the other women on the show and family and friends and everybody and we all at, at home were react. heartbroken. React. But I knew because again I've I've been in this space as yeah. an attorney and I said it on episode one. Hold on, y'all. Hold on. This this sucks. Feel it. Let it out. Cry it out. Scream about it. But this is not over. And now we know it wasn't. Now, thank God. And that's what I want y'all to take from what has happened as the development um, from day one of Holding Court to episode two, season two of Holding Court. Look yep. at God. Look at it. This this literally is the closest that we're going to get to any sort of justice or semblance of justice in this situation. At least it's an opportunity now, y'all. And, and we'll have to see it, how it plays out. Yeah. You know, so I'm not concluding anything and i know you're not either dustin but my what this illustrates is that justice is a long fucking game and while it's okay to be sad and devastated when there is no indictment it's okay y'all to be sad and devastated when the ada or the attorney general says we're not moving forward with charges right now in the state know that that's why our legal system has levels it's levels to this shit 
That's why there's appellate courts. That's why there's federal oversight. Yeah. That's why there's a, a United States attorney general that that dumbass in Kentucky has to answer to. Checks and balances. Checks and motherfucking balances. Yep. So while our system is rigged, we talk about this openly. Yeah. What we do on this show, what we do in in the culture, all of us, is make sure that we equip ourselves with the knowledge and information to best navigate this rig system. That's right. And that's what it, this is what it looks like, what we're seeing right now in the case of Breonna Taylor. A federal attorney general, the United States attorney general, saying, nah, fuck out of here with this bullshit. I'm seeing a different situation and I'm going to move accordingly. Thank God for that. That is that is honorable. It is. On, on Merrick Garland's behalf. That's Absolutely. honorable. That's a great legacy to leave. That's a great legacy to leave. And it's also uh, a, a, commend, a commendation to the voters, Dustin, because For Merrick sure. Garland Wouldn't be couldn't there. do shit if he wasn't in office because he was appointed by Biden. Yep. And for whatever we want to say about Biden, oh, sleepy ass, tripping ass, stumbling ass, he has put people in place yep. to execute justice and law and order. Thank the Lord. And thank the Lord. Yeah. So that's it. Um, you know, we'll we'll continue to watch this on this season mm-hmm. of Holding Court. You better believe it. No, we're gonna stay all over. We're gonna this. stay all over it. Um, and 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 and, and I'm I'm sure that this was very comforting for her family, and her friends. You know, it's just because they felt it was over. It was relieving. Yeah, because I'm sense. sure they felt it was over, mm-hmm. like many of us did when we saw what happened in you know 2021. But here we are, mm-hmm. almost going into 2023. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity. to get your thoughts on this Dwayne Wade of it all. Mm-hmm. So Dwayne Wade, as we know, has been very vocal, very um, consistent in his love and support of his daughter. Absolutely. Um, Zaya. And recently he stepped uh, into a court of law to file for a legal document asking Los Angeles County Court Judge, because that's the only person that can legally change a name for those who are wondering, uh, to change his child's name, Dwayne's child's name from Zion to Zaya. Uh, keeping in mind, Zaya, uh, she's currently 15 years old. She uh, she was born in uh, 2007. Uh, and folks are in their feelings about it. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's just run down some legal facts right quick. For those that are wondering, well, what's the mom say about it? This is why custody matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zaya's mom, Savon Funches, Dwayne's ex-wife, has no authority to make decisions around this. That's per the custody agreement. Okay. Per the legal custody agreement. Uh, the final one, uh, Dwayne Wade has full authority to make legal decisions on behalf of all of his children yeah. with this woman. Okay. So that's what that means. And so she has no say so for those that are curious. She might not like it. She might like it. We don't know. It don't matter. All so we know is that she, she has is, no legal yeah. standing to have mm-hmm. any point of view as to this legal name change. So in the filing, uh, Dwayne is asking the court for the name change because it also wants to officially uh, identify Zaya as a female and says that that is to, of course, confirm with her gender identity. Um, those are the legal reasons. To me, it makes complete legal sense. This young lady is 15 years old. She's really only three years away from being able to do this on her own behalf. But but yet people are in the comments acting real foolish. Yeah. Why? Well, because they've been waiting on an opportunity to do just that. Um, this conversation about Zaya being a transgender young lady mm-hmm. um, is something that is sensational for so many people. People are uncomfortable with the fact mm-hmm. that Dwayne Wade is comfortable and supportive Absolutely. of his transgender child. Yep. Um, and because this is a because the child is in Dwayne Wade's custody with his wife, Gabrielle Union, and mm-hmm. not the biological mother of the child, right. it gives it license almost to these people to say, well, see, this mm-hmm. is fucked up. And on top of that, mama, you know, there's these are things that people are really passionate about. Yeah. Mothers having, you know, care Say over so. their children and gay ki- or, or transgender kids. Yes. These are two really hot button conversations. Sure. And so they kind of are they're working. converging. Yeah. yeah, they're converging. And so p- people are going to talk shit. To me, mm-hmm. we have got to move on at a certain point. It never was any of our business in the first damn place. Mm-hmm. But because they're public people. Um, this situation has, mm-hmm. and they've chosen to kind of like stand deal with a, it publicly yeah, ten times down. You know, yeah. people are talking about it, and they they've consistently been supportive of this child. They've sure. proven themselves to be nothing but a supportive environment. And uh, you know, who gives a fuck? They already are calling the child Zaya anyway. That's totally. her name. Um, That's this her is name. just a part of the process. Well, I, I like something you brought up that I want to go deeper in, and that is mm-hmm. the convergence of the two issues. Yeah. Okay, so for one second. I'm going to set the transgender of it to the side. To the side, yeah. 
let's just deal with the custody. Okay. Because you're right. I think a lot of people are in their feelings because they are projecting an expectation of the biological mother to have input here, yep. input here, say so here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we happen to be talking about, you know, a gender identity issue. We happen to be talking about a name change. We could be talking about uh, whether or not uh, Zaya is getting um, vaccination. Yeah. We could be talking about whether or not Zaya is going to public school or private school. Any we could be talking parenting. Any parent. So decision, my point is exactly yeah. that, Dustin, is that when you are talking about uh, the interest of the child, dis- any decisions concerning and regarding the interest of the child, that is what you are negotiating slash getting legal mandate around in the custody hearing mm-hmm. so for those of you that feel that savan is being shortchanged here mm-hmm. they feel that she's being wronged here maligned that, in some way maligned uh underrepresented mm-hmm. dismissed dismissed marginalized mm-hmm. i have news for you <laughs> the court feels otherwise mm-hmm. the court would say this and i don't know this woman i have no personal feeling towards her no i'm only speaking around the legal of it dustin yeah the court would say this the time to express desire to be a participant, an equal participant, any kind of participant in the decisions around this particular child would have been during the custody arrangement. Okay. It would have been during those hearings. It would have been through those consent slash litigations around custody. A sitting judge decided that because of whatever circumstances were going on between Dwayne and Savon at that time, Dustin, yeah. That Savon had no legal standing around the best interest decisions of her own child. No judgment. It happens all the time for different reasons. But because that happened, legally speaking, this woman is not being wronged. Legally speaking, this woman is being uh, treated by the court as irrelevant because that's what the custody has decided long ago. And speaking of the word, the term irrelevant, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Because even if Miss mm-hmm. Funches, yep. you know what I'm saying? Even if she did have some, even if she was empowered in this situation sure. to be able to stop this from happening. Sure. Zaya would still go by Zaya. It just Absolutely. wouldn't be on paper. This is not going to impede any sort of progress in her transition, which I guess would be the goal of the people who feel like Miss mm-hmm. um, Funches should have some sort of sure. power in this situation. Right. Ultimately, what's it going to stop? Yeah, what are you talking about? Three years it's at, at maximum? Going... It's just legally. Yeah. Like you say, in practice, it's happening regardless. It's happening Zaya is regardless. Zaya. Regardless. Like people are going to, and, and that is why. She's this... getting beauty campaigns as Zaya. She's getting contracts as Zaya. She's making money as Zaya. You know what else she's, she's doing She's advancing the cause of uh, transgender young women and men as Zaya. You know what else she's doing as Zaya? Stopping a lot of the conversation about black fathers Ooh, not being involved yes. in their children's lives. Absolutely. Especially the lives of LGBTQ plus children. That part. Beautiful. Uh, you know, this is, it just is what it is. And yes. so I think that this is a, a great example mm-hmm. of a black man deciding to stand up sure. and do what is, what is, what he's supposed to do, but do it in such a noble and public way. Sure. That it is communicating and messaging to mm-hmm. everybody that is privy to this situation. Sure. Black fathers give a damn. So yeah, miss me beautiful. with that conversation about, you know, they're doing too much or whatever. No, they, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do, which is provide a loving and, and supportive environment to Absolutely. nurture this child yes. as she goes on through her life. Yep. Okay. And here's the other thing for those in the peanut gallery, because I read a lot of this commentary, too, that feel that she's too young. Mm -hmm. You know, um, she's only 15. She might change her mind. Guess what? That's why that's why the courthouse is still going to be there. Mm -hmm. So if in in some circumstance, Zaya decides at 17, 18, 42, 52, 62, 102, I want to go back to uh, legally being Zion and I want to be legally identified as a man. She can make that decision. And we have to catch up with the times when it comes yes. to this. It is what it is. There's yes. transgender transgender youth. Mm-hmm. They exist. And, and it just is what it is. According to, um, you know, the reports, Zaya has identified as such as a young since girl since three. three. Three years old. But I think this is where the culture is uncomfortable. If mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about it. I think this has, like you say, it has nothing to do with Zaya. It don't have a damn thing to do with Dwayne or Gabrielle. They're spending their money like rich people should. Mm-hmm. This is about the culture. Mm-hmm. And this, I'll never forget when I was... um first uh appeared on state of the culture yes uh i said i had the audacity dustin ross to say something about lgbtq black people uh, ha- you know having a right to be humanized and seen what did i say that for child i was oh she didn't buy her ass on here for the gay agenda um 
Well, let's talk about the gay agenda. Let's talk about the LGBTQ agenda. Let's definitely talk about the trans agenda because I hear mm-hmm. lots of conversation about that, even amongst the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Y'all listen, that's our own shit as a culture. That's our own shit as black folk. That is our own uncomfortability um, with being marginalized and dehumanized. And I understand it. We get it honest. But we have to, as you said, Dust, we have to do better. Mm-hmm. We have got to quill for those of us that have trouble negotiating space for blackness and mm-hmm. queerness mm-hmm. and transness and all these things. That's your shit. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Unpack it. Deal with it. Because it's not going to stop the expansion of humanity for our trans brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop the expansion of humanity for our non-binary uh, members of our community. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop shit. So if if the gay agenda, the trans agenda, if, if these agendas of humanizing these mm-hmm. individuals who are black and mm-hmm. bother you, pray on it. Yeah, figure, figure it out. out. Figure it out. Figure yeah, it out. Because, because that's it what has- it is. Okay, speaking of, I love where California is going mm. here. Um, they're leading, um, you know, something that I think is actually very mm-hmm. important. And I'm kind of shocked that it's taken up to this point, Dustin, for us to get here. California is creating a whole new category mm-hmm. of blackness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I just love saying. Um, California is creating a space specifically for black folk in their state, Dustin, who are descendants of enslaved individuals. It's uh, legally Senate Bill 189. It's going to add two demographic categories. One is going to be black Americans who are descendants of people who were enslaved in the United States. And then another category is going to be for black Americans who are not descendants of people that have been enslaved in the U.S. And and I think this is very, very important. And and again, for me, shout out to California. They're the first state to be creating these categories. Here's where it's important. When we talk about reparations, which we have and will yep. continue to, to discuss and demand well reparations has a specific mission reparations are not general mm-hmm. they are specifically designed to make whole mm-hmm. to compensate individuals that are the descendants of historical wrong we've seen it with the the reparations around the holocaust We've seen it around reparations of the descendants of the Japanese internment camps from uh, American wars. And the reparations for black Americans have to be narrowly tailored. This is some legalese mm-hmm. for y'all. When, 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 when the Congress and the Senate and the president and everybody talking about these reparations and the judges and the courts, they're going to require something called a narrowly tailored construction for execution. And that narrowly tailored language means just this, Dustin. It's talking about, it can't, is it for all black folk? Is it for all folks darker than the paper bag? Who is it for? I mean, I'm just, is this is the conversation. Real questions. Yeah. So when we can get in front of that litigation mm-hmm. and already say, oh, we've done that mm-hmm. part. We've already categorized black Americans today according to their proximity, mm-hmm. according to their legacy of being descendants of those that were black and enslaved in America, you've done half the yeah. work. You've already designated who the reparations belong to because with all respect, love, and light, if you are a black person in America who is not the descendant of an American enslaved individual, you don't, you don't get no reparations. You don't eat on this. Period. So when I read this, right, in preparing for this show today, yeah. I felt like, duh, like to me, reparations, the subject of, of reparations, even by definition, the word reparations, what that means. Repair. Make right. Home. And so it, it is applying. It is applicable to a very specific group of people. But as soon as I heard the conversation about reparations started a couple of years ago, well, not start, but once it gained popularity a couple of years ago, yeah. momentum, yep. I always saw this coming. I always saw the need for this kind of this distinction yes. to be made in order to properly execute reparations being given out, you know? Yep. What do you say, Dustin, though, to those that say, ah, this is this is the fuck shit. This is the, why the, the man trying to separate uh, the mm-hmm. culture. Well, I would say that you need to stop and think about <laughs> what you're saying, because yeah. we're talking about reparations and this right. specific type of reparations is to forgive or make up for black yeah. American slavery enslavement that took place that's specific particular harm a particular harm we could talk about a different 
uh, package right. <laughs> talking about broader black discrimination. Black experience, but this is specifically black, and directly related to yep. slavery. So Period. for me, that was always that was like a no brainer. And when I saw that yeah. California was doing this, I was like, oh, that's dope. That's actually. They were the first to do it. I, I yep. assume. I expect yeah. other people to follow suit. Where you at, New York? I'm yeah. ready for my designation. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you right now. And again, much love to the broader diaspora. You know, I, I know that we share this. We have a you know a very broad vision and 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 kind of definition of what it is to be black in America. Of course, that's uh, the the full Everything. diaspora, from the Caribbean, yeah. um, African, um, you know, continent itself. Uh, but black, but but the black American experience that is the descendant of American enslaved black individuals is a unique and experience. is what we're talking about in this because moment. people will try to use this space in this situation yeah. to try to say that we're prioritizing something higher than another thing or and we're not yeah or, or, or it's a more right. black experience it's not about that this is that about at people all. who are impacted yeah. by a very specific circumstance sure. very specific a very specific um inability to build yeah. wealth a very in, related uh, to a speci- something specific this is not a broad stroke yes. and yes. you know like deray uh shout out to deray mckesson what does he say all the time i love my blackness and yours Okay, so that yeah. that is yeah. This is not an no. either or. That's this is it's not, not that. diminishing so anybody, anyone's blackness. Yeah, if anybody is participating in conversation around this and you get that pushback, just go ahead and with love yeah. correct that. You know, this is um, my Nigerian sisters, my Haitian sisters, my Trinidad Tobago. All the we we are all black, and I love Without us all. Question. But right here in this conversation, we are talking about a specific experience and the specific harm from this particular kind. That's of not personal at all it's just factual yeah. that's all it is um just uh, some some verbiage for y'all that do want to expand the conversation this is coming from the coalition for a just and equitable california and they say this dustin specifically not only will this historic legislation provide critical and timely information to california's reparation task force mm-hmm. which recently affirmed lineage-based eligibility for california reparations This legislation begins the process of recognizing the identity and peoplehood of African-Americans, African freedmen mm -hmm, in California, whose ancestors came to America in chains, were enslaved for hundreds of years, suffered Jim Crow, and yet managed to build the most powerful and wealthiest country in the world. Um, There you go. Plain English. But we'll we'll, we'll be here for it. Sometimes you got to break shit down for people. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Sometimes you have to break it down for people, so. That's it. And I'm happy mm-hmm. to. So anybody that wants to engage in the conversation, I'm here for it. But I, I can't wait for my designation. Hello. I can't wait to, to fill out my Hello. census form. John Hancock, all on the Listen, paper. B- black and direct descendant mm-hmm. of enslaved black Americans. Check. That's just what it is. Checkmate. Yeah. That's that. All right. We're wrapping <laughs> up today's episode with... um. You know, uh, it's some real fuckery, but it, it's important for us to talk about this because this going back to this conversation of black wealth, because mm-hmm. that's what we just got through talking about. This young lady is really fucking up uh, on the issue of black wealth. This is Tayana Wallace. She is the daughter of the uh, iconic Biggie Smalls. Yes. Dustin, this young woman has put her Queens, New York home up for bond, you know, as the currency for a boyfriend. Not even a husband child. We're going to get to that in a minute. But a boyfriend of hers who is being held for criminal prosecution. His bond is a million dollars. We'll get to that and why it's so high in a minute. The home was purchased in 2019. So she just bought this house uh, for $1.2 million. And this young lady, Biggie's daughter, has put this $1.2 million home up for collateral, which, you know, you have to do for bond, um, so that her boyfriend can uh, await trial on the outside. This young lady lost her dad. Yes. Her dad, who is an iconic, iconic. fixture, pop culture staple. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not just black no. rap music. No. Biggie is a, Period. a, a global icon global. in music and with his impact. Mm-hmm. She lost her father at an early age. Sure. The goal for anyone in that circumstance is to provide security for them long term. Didn't he say put in five carrots in baby girl ear? Lunches, brunches. Okay. So so okay. so So we know that was important to that him. That was important to him. Yeah. Leaving something behind. We also know that little Kim had put certain things in place where the daughter where Tiana, this young lady, was getting mm-hmm. um, you know, 
money That's from, from certain things. You know, there were yeah. things put in place to ensure. To ensure financial legacy and security and um, economic freedom. For you to then put this up for a nigga. <laughs> Okay. Now I understand they do have they do have a, a child together, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah, it, yeah. that's a fleeting connection at Listen, best. Okay. That part. Um this girl needs some serious mm-hmm. advising. Mm-hmm. Okay. She needs someone to kind of mentor her and, and have conversations with her that I'm sure people in her village have had. I'm sure that, that somebody was like, Wait a minute, girl, like yes. are you sure you want to do this? But she didn't listen. Yeah. And she's put herself in a really uh bad position a really really expensive mm-hmm. uh, position and, and you know i'm not gonna take for granted that people really know what this means i'm gonna break it down to the minutia this means if this boyfriend decides that he's not gonna show up for court even the one time mm-hmm. this bond company could seize complete ownership of this 1.2 million dollar house period that's what that means you know we can't assume everybody know how the game is played dusted okay so bond means um that you can be released from custody as you await your trial date your day in court so to speak um as a free individual but in exchange for securing that you will show up for your day in court they're gonna hold something as collateral Okay. Now, sometimes that can be cash. You know, I've, you know, if you if you got the bag bag, you can just give them the cash. Most people don't have the cash on mm-hmm. hand, so they do what this young lady is doing. They put the house up for sale. Oh my God! I just remember I watched rewatched during quarantine. Uh, Women of Brewster Place. Oh, you know that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. Basil, sorry ass. That's what happened with Basil. Oh, so I got if, mad if, all listen, over again. If any of this is going over your head and y'all want further evidence of this example, mm-hmm. go watch the Women of Brewster Place. Immediate. It's actually available for free on Amazon Prime. And to Prime. some of our audience members, you should have been watching it anyway. anyway. Um, that's what the Oprah Winfrey character did. Yep. Her son got in some shit. And he was in, mama, mama, I don't want to go to jail. Mm-hmm. That's how he sound, mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> she put, she signed her paid for house over for Basil, her son's release. Basil skipped town and that's how she ended up in Brewster Place. Yeah. And she we, had watched, we had watched her path yes, to home building ownership. home ownership, earning that house, raising him in that house. And she lost her fucking house, putting the house up for collateral for her sorry ass son. So Tiana Wallace didn't let her own personal basil put her back in Brewster Place. And it's not even her son, to your point. Right. This ain't even her husband. This is a boyfriend, y'all. So let's talk about what he done did to even get in this situation. What is his name? Um, Baldwin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last name is Baldwin. He, so so first of all, I'm going to get to this legal point of why it took him six days to surrender to the police in a minute. Because that's that's a tell. That's a tell. Already, that's a tell. That's telling me you got a propensity to evade the law. Okay? So the last thing I'm going to do is put up shit for your guarantee that you're going to show up to court because you already hesitating. Okay, so anyway, this uh, guy, this boyfriend of hers was pulled over for a routine traffic stop. Everything was hunky-dory until they ran his papers. Mm Mm-hmm. They were, you know, they run the papers when mm-hmm, you pulled mm-hmm, over mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they saw that his license was suspended on that command. They ordered him to step out of his car. He did not do so. Dustin, like a fool, he bolted. He hit the pedal to the metal, hit a mother, pushing her two year old daughter in a stroller and also hit a food delivery. Man, he probably hit somebody bringing me some sushi on my Uber Eats. Right. And then <laughs> the criminal complaint says of the, all three of the individuals, both the, including the two year old baby, the mother. And the Uber Eats or the Postmates man all got serious injuries. Okay. So he's been arraigned on some, these are some serious charges. All kidding aside, Dustin, 17 counts, one, seven counts, first degree assault, reckless endangerment, uh, endangering the welfare of a child and many, many others. 17 charges is not to be played with. Okay. So that's why his bond going back to that is a million dollars. Okay. When you have a million dollar bond, it's not even a murder involved. That's already a flag, sis. Look at look at Dustin. <laughs> like I know that's saying a lot for it's Dustin not so to know where to stupid. start. Yeah. It's just so stupid. You yeah. are you are up against consequences for having a suspended license. Right. And your choice in that moment was to then bring on 17 more far more serious charges. What the fuck did you think? Did you think you were going to get away and never What did you think was going to happen in that his poor decision making, mm-hmm. which tells me he likely would not that it's an excuse. He had to be inebriated, had to be. 
to be honest with you. Seriously, like some people are just dumb as hell. Dumb decision. And and yeah. I, and the reason I say that because I thought about that too, but I'm like, if he was inebriated, he probably wouldn't even have stopped in the first damn place. Oh, knowing he had point. a suspended license sure. and was inebriated. Right, that's true. I'm like, so for him to stop, it just to me right. it screams immaturity. Yep. It screams poor decision making and it screams I am not the person who is responsible enough for you to risk putting your home. Well, that part I was going to say. So this this individual who was pulled over for a routine traffic stop, um, which was nothing but a loud exhaust and a dark tinted window. And by the way, let me just make a comment on that. And I don't mean this to sound elitist or no shit like that. You know, I am an old bitch. I know where this is going. but, But and I say this is your friendly family defense lawyer be doing shit to your car to draw extra attention by law enforcement and i mean you can it's your legal right to you want to have the all that shit and the pitch black ass tent looking like the black on this <laughs> but when you do that do know that you are drawing attention that's going to give further suspicion to what else you doing which is which which is what what this is this is perfect example of that which should mean that you're, if you are a person who wants those things, you know what you're you putting, need to, you know, a position you're putting yourself in. And you need to walk the finest line possible. Have your shit straight. straight. Have your shit I together. Can, that's a really great point. I'm not saying don't tent. I'm not saying don't have the little vroom vroom. But if you're going to do that, again, because the system is rigged, because to be clear, unless you have like a, you know, there is a legal tent and then mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm, just dark tent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this brother had a legal tent. If you have a legal tent, then that's a legal reason to pull you. But if you just got a dark tent that's bordering on legal, what are you doing? You're giving you're giving an invitation to pull me to assess mm-hmm. the legality of my tent. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna do that, listen to Uncle Dustin here and keep it player mm-hmm. and have all your shit in order so that the most that's gonna happen to you is a ticket hello for officer. 10. Yep, hello officer. Here's my license and registration. Oh, you want me to reduce um because what they do in those cases is they give you an opportunity to reduce the tent yeah. to a legal standard, show up, case dismissed. Keep it cute, keep it player. But here comes this dumbass, you know, and now you sit here with 17 charges, a million dollar bond. This dumbass young lady has put up a $1.2 million house that she just purchased in the era, Dustin. Let's back this up and zoom out, as you would mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. In an era where black wealth is not, we got $10 to every $100 the white man has in America. We are literally at a 10% uh, accrue of white wealth in America. There Talk is a 90% it. wealth gap. 90% wealth gap in America for black Americans and white Americans. And your ass, Tayana Wallace, decides that your response to that wealth gap is to take an over million dollar property, which is one of the most critical assets we can have as black people. You know, I've been on one with, you know, mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. finally get mm-hmm. my first mm-hmm. asset, Dustin. And we'll get to an episode of Holding Court. Mm-hmm. going to be all about that fucking mm-hmm. underwriting process because it was a real piece of shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know They it. don't want black folks to have property in America. I'm going to say it plain. They don't. So when you actually are positioned to have it, to be able to buy it, to own it, the last thing you need to do is put yourself in jeopardy of losing it. It's hard to get property in America, Dustin. It's very hard. Especially in New York. I just, this just, this situation again, it just, she just needs somebody in her corner to advise her property. Yeah, girl. I, I, and, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna tell you what what can be done here. <laughs> She's not gonna do it, but this is what I'll be like. You know what, baby? I wasn't even thinking right. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and turn yourself in right now, <laughs> honestly, because and figure that shit out. Because, because you gotta have somewhere to come home to after your ass gets out of jail part, for the dumb shit you did. That part, and I'm raising our child, and you know, you have really put yourself in a, in a really fucked up position. And that's the thing about bond, and that's the thing. You know, I'm not saying don't don't help your family and friends out. No, no. But what I am saying is don't ever put something up for bond that you can't afford to lose. That's Take that to the bank. And I really hope, this, it looks to me like that's what she did. Hopefully we're wrong. And this, well, hopefully he shows up in court and this is all for nothing. But again, hopefully. But again, you're pulled over. You run from law enforcement. You take six days to turn yourself in. You've already shown a propensity. Sir. If I was the judge, I wouldn't have even given him bond, to be honest. N- you know, probably not. I, I mean, maybe, but maybe not. I might say you need to sit tight. 
because you already acting like you don't really want to show up no way so you probably need to sit tight until and let's have you a real speedy court day so you're not in here too long and get on up off my docket that's probably how i would have handled it i mean hey it, it, i'm trying really hard i don't want to like i know, you know go go all, all the way in yeah know. you know because you don't know the we don't With know the all full the facts. Scope, that's true but, but i just hate to see anybody um put themselves in a jeopardy of losing their home. Shit, I felt so the way watching MJ when Michael put Neverland up. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being really honest. True. You know, I was like, I believe in Michael in this dangerous tour, but Negro, for real? And he was like, no, I want to do it. This. We was like, wait I was a like, minute. wait a minute. <laughs> but here we are. I just hope, I, 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 I hate to see a young black woman. I do who, too. Without her dad and her, you know, around. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I and hate all to see her that Biggie and, and, and all that, that, that financial legacy has provided for her. You know, not a lot of women in her, um, you know, position, her age, her youth. Her demo. Her demo, exactly. Her yeah. demographic. Have a million dollars to even nope. put up for Bond. Have nope. a million dollar asset. Nope. That's beautiful, sis. We love that for you, and mm-hmm. I want you to keep it. That's that's all. That's, that's, that's why all this, we're having this conversation that's all that because this is we coming want from. that yeah. security for her. Yes. We want to see Biggie's daughter yes. be okay. Yeah, and when should. you have that house, it's not just the roof over your head we're no. talking about. It's the equity you get from that. It's the student loans that you can take out for that. It's the construction loans to, yeah. to invest in other properties to come yeah. from that. Y'all, home ownership is like... Like, I cannot stress to you, if you can get in it, hold on to it, it can really open a door for financial freedom and liberation. So to see this young sis jeopardizing that for something so silly is just why we we going in. Like our daddy said, you did wrong. You know what I'm saying? Okay, and you know what? I'm just going to stop it right there. You did wrong. I'm a, I'm a, uh, and the show is done. Y'all, the show is fucking over because Dustin just did that. Um, dead ass. Okay, so join us next week. Record is back in session. In the meantime, y'all listen, stay safe. Keep your assets. Mm-hmm. Keep your faith up. Please. And what you want the people to do, Dustin? Read your terms and conditions. Always. Holden Court is an Interval Presents original production from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media. Executive producer and host, Ebony K. Williams. Co-host and producer, Dustin Ross. From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jake Kleinberg. Produced, of course, by Ashley J. Hobbs. Editing, sound design, and mix by Stephanie Morell. Original music by Epidemic Sound. Video editing by Kaysen Alexander and Courtney Deans. Consultant, Carla Wilmaris. Special thanks to operations lead, Sarah Yu. Business development lead, Sheffy Ellen Swag, and marketing lead, Samira Still.